Well, welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Sunday Mixdown. We're here in Studio 68 with Pastor Whitman Tolan from the Church on 68. And once again, we're just going to discuss his Sunday message and uh, get some clarification on some of the points that he may have brought up. So, Pastor Whitman, glad to have you here again this week. Thank you, Tommy. Good to be with you, as always. <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of the first things that I, I noticed, uh, I made a note on anyway about your, your message uh, on Sunday was, you said, we don't pray to get God on board with us. We pray to learn what God is doing and get on board with that. Now, we, we've discussed this a couple of times, I think, but, um, you know, don't we as, as Christians want God to get on board with what we're doing? I mean, what's wrong with getting God on board with what we want? <laughs> well, as I think about that, um, in, in, if, we, if we approach it that way, I, th I think what we're doing is that we're presuming that everything that we say, think, believe, feel like we're called to, is of the utmost importance to God, as if he, we, you know, we somehow or another created a bit of a God who, who his goal is to, uh, is to come alongside of us. And I think, you know, the reality is that <clears throat> I think we pray, I think we're very short-sighted in our humanity. So, so again, I think rather than from my perspective, right, we will pray right. from my perspective. But I think if we can learn to find out what God's perspective is and begin to get on board of that, it's always going to be larger, always going to be broader, always going to be more inclusive, always going to have more dynamic than just what we would pray for uh, personally. So it doesn't mean that, you know, that we don't think about personal things, but, you know, God's a good dad, and I don't, there's some things I don't even think we need to ask for that we find ourselves asking for as if the Father doesn't know. So... So again, I think it's a little bit of a mindset shift, but I believe that helps put us in a greater position to be uh, used by God as we come into alignment with what he's doing. Okay, okay, that's good. Um, one of the things that seems to have made the biggest impact, one of the statements you made, um, was talking about how Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. <laughs> yep. So the purpose of Jesus being led into the wilderness was to be tempted by the devil, and we don't like to think of God that way as leading us. I mean, don't we pray in right. the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> why would God lead Jesus into, into temptation? Does he do the same to us? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, you know, it, it may be not just getting lost in semantics. He, he led us into the wilderness, and it's in the wilderness. God knew that there was going to come a temptation, but he didn't lead him into temptation he led him to the wilderness okay okay, okay so good. so i think what ends up happening is that you, you know when when god and his goodness goodness leads us into the wilderness he it's not that he's not unaware of things that might be in our heart or some uh, some of our responses but you know what the, the wilderness reveals what we actually believe the wilderness reveals um uh maybe some of the things that we've built upon when those things get removed are we still going to be able to stand so some things happen in the wilderness that that uh, and some things happen with the you know, if you think about temptation, temptation is just the opportunity to respond to what you would want in light of what God has said. OK, OK. okay. So so temptation is not necessarily I mean, if we think of temptation, temptation, you know, uh, sin is simply missing the mark. And scripture talks about when we are tempted, what it is, is that the, the opportunity that is presented to us. It, it awakens or like it begins to draw uh, out 
the particles that are similar. So for example, if it's anger, there's an opportunity you're tempted to get angry. You see, so you see the temptation is to respond to how I feel instead of what maybe the Lord has said. Yeah. So, so we can say, oh, I would never. Well, there's, you can't say that you would never until you find yeah. yourself in a situation with the opportunity to. Presents itself. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Um, I know we've, we've talked about um, we don't always know what's in us mm. until we're put into, under some pressure. Yep. Um, I know that uh, well, patience has never been one of my strong suits, but it used to be I only got impatient pretty much when I was driving. Yep. And I'd pretty much drive all the time impatient. But I find myself during this time we find ourselves in, wow. I find that myself becoming impatient with a lot more things. Wow, wow. Um, and now is not the time to work on that patience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good, Tommy. You know, the patience should have been worked on before I got here because yep. when you try to <laughs> try to board up the windows in the middle of a hurricane, it's a little harder to do than Very preparing good. before the hurricane got there. Yep. Um, you know, we don't like to think of God as allowing us to be tempted or face mm. a wilderness experience. Um, you know, but the Bible does say that God won't allow us to be tempted beyond our ability to say no, mm. uh, pretty much. And we like, to, we like to turn that and say God won't give us more than we can handle. Right. But that's not what the Bible says. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, we may at times have more than we can handle. Paul had more than he can handle. Yep. But that's when he said, you know, in in my weakness, that's when God or Christ is made is made stronger uh, through that's, my weakness. Yeah. And you find the grace of God. It's it, you know, uh, as long as we can manage it, right? Yeah. We yeah. don't need the grace of God. So that's I think true. even as Paul asked for, you know, the things that he was realizing were potential disqualifications. Lord, please remove this thorn from me. Yeah. Please remove this. Please remove this. And the Lord's response was, my grace is sufficient in that area where you are weak. And like you said a minute ago, where I'm weak, he, he is strong. You know, I think something ends up uh, powerful happening, Tommy, when we have to draw from the grace of God when we go through difficult seasons. Uh, sometimes in the difficulty, what God is wanting to get into us is the is the faith that attaches to the grace of God to get through a thing in our flesh we want to avoid yeah. wilderness we want to yeah. avoid temptation we want to avoid pressure so we spend a lot of time and energy staying away from things that could awaken something that is on the inside of us but but God knows those things that are in there and sometimes and again he also gets to choose how those things get brought up to the surface and skimmed off we talked to you know before about the whole process of sanctification you know becoming more and more like Christ as we go along. And, uh, and I found, man, just, you know, 30 years plus walking with God is that, you know, the, the reality is, is that sometimes those, those times of pressure, those times of temptation, those times of wilderness, it, 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 uh, it causes some things to rise to the top that, I, that are beyond my ability to yes. handle. Yeah. These are not things I can, well, I've got this. And it's in those times I have to draw on the grace of God. And it's, I think it's sometimes those times are necessary very good um as you said god's not interested in our happiness he's interested in our holiness and Ooh. sometimes it takes a wilderness experience for that sanctification process very good to uh, become evident yeah. in us but don't we as as christians tend to be a little judgmental mm. of those who are actually going through something mm. um i mean we're pretty much taught that god wants us fat and happy and yep. he wants to bless us and yep. so 
as long as we do well, as long as we do what's good and do right, yep. God will bless us and we'll be happy. So if if you're going through something, if you're facing a challenge, it must mean wow. that you're not doing something right, right? Yeah, so that's where it becomes a very slippery slope. The idea that we've created this, God, is that if you uh, do all of the right things, it will go well. And if it's not going well, you must not be doing something right. Yeah. Now, certainly, when we make willful decisions to do what's wrong and then there's consequences, that's on us. But if to the best of our ability, we're walking out uh, holiness and obedience and you know, staying sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we find ourselves going through a season, yeah. um, I, I just think that the, the, the line of thinking that says, if I do well, it goes well. Uh, if it's not going well, that must mean yeah. the opposite is true, that I'm doing something wrong. So then that can get into you know, is spiritual navel-gazing, oh, what's wrong with me, what have I done? And that really just becomes a distraction. I think we need to grow past that and really understand that God causes all things to work mm. together for good. And we have to be also very careful that we don't interject the, the pronoun our good. So sometimes we say, God causes all things to work out for our good. And it doesn't say that. It says <laughs> he caused it to work out for good. And, uh, and as we continue to walk with the Lord, we, we will find out we, you know, it will come good in the end. But the goal is not our good. The goal is his good, which is his eternal purpose. Yeah. And, and we tend to think if we're doing, you know, yeah, if we're in God's will, something, everything's going to work out. Everything's yeah. going to be rosy. Um, I know just, just from my experience, uh, God called me very early age into ministry. Wow. So you've got to assume, well, if I'm in ministry and I'm doing what God wants me to do, everything's going to be great. How was it? Has it been great? Oh, ministry's chewed me up, spit me out, and, and you think, you know, did I hear God? Wow. Is, is this, you know, what, like you said, navel gazing, what have I done wrong? Yep. What did I do to do? The, the point is, uh, if I'm doing what God wants me to do, he never said it was going to be easy wow. or everything was going to be wow. cheery and good. rosy and, and, you know, <laughs> yep. things aren't going to be great. He just said, yep. do it. Yep, that's and, good. And do it regardless of what circumstances, and I, that, that will actually translate into every area of your life it may not always appear good. as if things are working for your good in in the moment exactly right but it doesn't mean that it's not so what have you found i mean i think that's that's a really good point tommy because you know i think a lot of times guys can preach a thing that's actually very you know say they've been in ministry for three years right yeah and they're like oh, they like they know it all and then all of a sudden, if they're a senior minister or whatever, some great disappointments or a great departure or a great thing or a great misunderstanding, you know, there, there's some things that just take time. So what have you found in through, you know, you said that, it, it, <laughs> I remember I heard a guy say one time, he said, uh, if you feel called to the ministry, beg God to take that yes. from you, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so so uh, how is it, and certainly your life's not over, you're still, right. you're still going, how, how is it that you have found from feeling the sense of being chewed up, spit out, and here you are back in ministry. Did you, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, sometimes yeah. when it spits you out, so I think it'd be good for folks to hear part of your story. How, so that would have been how long ago that you felt the call to ministry? Like 30? Oh, wow, yeah, probably 30-some years ago, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I knew I was supposed to do something, but the, the call really became clearer. I have to think how old I am now. Yep. About 30-some uh, <laughs> years ago, yes. Yep. The call became clearer as to what I was I was really supposed to do. Um, 
for me, I, I've I've been kind of like Jonah at times, mm. um, and when God told Jonah what He wanted him to do, Jonah he had an option, but not really. Yep, yep. <laughs> he tried to run from that, and, and God steered him not so gently yep. back toward where He wanted him to be. And and I've been there. I've tried to tried to run from it. Tried to do other things, and God has kind of nudged me back. And as we've said, I, I had no intention of really even going to church wow. again, much less being on staff at a church back in ministry again. Wow, but, wow. you know, if, if you, this is one of those, those, those times where when you look at everything else to do yep. and you, uh, you know, I applied for jobs that I was absolutely perfect for. And wow. they say, we've decided to pursue a candidate who was more qualified. No, you didn't. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, God has nudged me Good. back toward where he wanted wanted me to be. And, and this is one of those areas where you, you, me personally, I've had to come to grips with um, what I just said. Yeah, I'm doing what God wants me to do. Good. Uh, he didn't say, if you do this, everything is going to be easy. Good. Everything's going to fall into place. Your life is going to be great. Good. Uh, you'll never have to worry about anything again. That's not what he said. He just said, do this. Good. And so that's kind of what I have to do. Not really a, you know, not a, a fatalistic view or, or, or a resignation, but right. really a, a willingness to do my part Very good. in what God wants me to do, regardless of the outcome. Yeah, well, and I think that's that's an interesting thing. I think there, there's a word pragmatism and just in a nutshell is that it, if you do this, this, and this, you'll get this result yes. every time. Yes. And, uh, and I think when we begin to approach life in the kingdom that way, um, if you don't get that answer, then somehow or another you must have done it wrong. But how many of you know if, 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 if we start building pragmatically uh, for a guaranteed result, the reality is we don't necessarily need God. So yeah. I think that... We can do it on our own, that's right. That's correct. That's right. And, and then when we mess up, we'll call God because he's busy, you know, and he's doing things everywhere else. And so he, he doesn't really want to be bothered with what I'm doing right. until I find myself in a mess. So again, I think that God is seemingly maybe deep destructing some myths in uh, American yeah. church culture, maybe destructing some of the, you know, maybe some taught things, not just preconceived ideas, some taught things right. that right. we've kind of created a God in our image. And you, for example, like at the beginning of the program, we talked about, you know, the Holy Spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness. It's <laughs> like, well, I don't, that's not, that, that's not very culturally popular. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. So again, I think, uh, you know, what I, I, I'm excited about, even in the midst of all of the, the mess that's going on around us and the uncertainties is that I'm, I am certain God knows what he's doing. Yes. Yeah. And I think especially now we kind of have to be certain of that <laughs> uh, or else, yeah. Lose our mind. <laughs> things look, yeah, things look a little differently if we don't. Um, Something that goes along with this, you said that God's promises don't have an expiration date. Mm. Uh, so there may be some things that God has shown us personally, corporately, um, that may not be for us. Mm. That makes sense. Yep. Um, you know, God gave Abraham the promise of, of you know being the father of many nations and having offspring that he couldn't even count. But Abraham, that wasn't the case by the time Abraham died. Yep. So he never, right, he never saw mm. the fulfillment of that promise. Um, that being the case, if some of the promises that God gives us may not be promises we see, yep. um, should we treat those promises differently than those that 
may be for us, and is there a way to maybe know the difference? Yeah, that's a good question. I think because God is eternal, when he speaks in line in context of his word, but when he speaks in context of his purpose, uh, he's eternal, his purpose is eternal, we're here temporarily, so I think that we need to hold very uh, carefully and faithfully the things that he has spoken, and then recognize it may not be for my generation, but that doesn't remove its power or authority. I think about some of the promises that have been spoken prior to Jesus coming. The, the Old Testament prophets prophesied right. about yeah. Jesus, and yet the, the word was no less effective just because it outlived them. So yeah. I think when we, you know, again, I think in our humanity, often we, we hear a promise and we start thinking how this could come to pass, yeah. how we can be a part, and how it's going to benefit us. Yep. Yep. We're not the center of the equation. His purpose is. He's invited us into his eternal purpose, and for a season we carry it. I think one of the most powerful passages of Scripture is when, um, you know, here David had this incredible relationship with God through ups and downs. We, we know all of that. Mm -hmm. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart, right? And, and, uh, and yet the reality the plans to build the temple were given to David, but he actually handed the plans to his son wow. to build. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you think about David, there's the potential disappointment and be like, oh, God, but I wanted to see this. I wanted to be involved in building yeah. the temple. We've got, we've got so much history, Lord. We've done this thing. You gave me the plans. Yeah, you, yeah. Ga yeah, you yeah. gave them to me. And I'm wondering, can, if promise is given to us, can we have enough confidence in God? and confidence in those that are coming after us, that we would hand those promises on. I think that's one of the reasons and I, you know, that I shared on Sunday. It's so imperative, I think, that we think generationally, just in case some of the things that God has spoken are going to outlive us, that, that they're for a future time. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the, the word promises, you know, look, the, the, you know, write the vision on the wall. It hastens so it runners are going to run, and, you know, the vision will come to pass. If it tarries, wait for it, it's, you know. And, and, and yet God's time frame and our time frame are different, so I think it's really important we continue to prepare the generations coming after us to hear the voice of the Lord, to pick up the promises, because it could be on, those shoulder, on their shoulders. Right, but, um, right. Now, I think another aspect of that is uh, before David even turned over the plans, he had to have instructed Solomon to hear the voice of God as well. Um, if he had just turned over the plans... Mm without Solomon or training Solomon, uh, teaching Solomon that he had the ability to hear God's voice. If all Solomon had were plans, wow. would he have built that temple according to God's instruction or Good. just followed the plans? Yeah. So it's kind of like we have uh, uh, you know, a lot of church conferences. If you do this, this, and this, mm. boom, your church will grow. Follow the plan. Is that God's plan or is that your plan? Mm. Have we passed down or are we passing wow. down kind of plans that they may have originally come from God, yeah. uh, but without the ability to interpret those plans really good. Uh, through the voice of God good. and through the will of God, um, are we building according to the purpose of God, or good. are we just building according to the plan? Devoid of relationship. Yeah, yep. yeah, the plan that we see. See, and I think that's, I mean, ultimately, in all that God is doing, in the unfolding promises, promises spoken, promises realized, I think just zooming way out have all to do with the restoration of, of reaching people to come back into relationship with the Lord. You know, Jesus yeah. came to restore relationship. He didn't come back to restore plans. And, you know, plans and purposes mm -hmm. are a byproduct of relationship. 
but when we get plans and purposes ahead of relationship, I believe we really do miss the mark. And isn't it a bit of a cultural thing? He's like, man, as long as we get to the goal, right, right. it doesn't really matter how. how. And, and I'm finding now 30-plus years in ministry that, that God is really more interested in walking with us and communicating with us and forming Christ in us. And in that process, and with each other, not just with us individually, yeah. but as we walk together uh, with one another, uh, the forging of those relationships, the byproduct of that, I believe, puts us in position to give birth to the purpose and to, to see the purpose manifested. But if we just, you know, if the, go- if the goal is this, then we go to work on how we can do that. I just need some plans. I don't really need God because yeah. I'm going to reach that. And also know that anything that God has spoken, there really is no way in our humanity we, we have it within us to accomplish it to the magnitude that he wants to do it in such a way so that he gets glory. Yeah, and I, I think that translates into uh, kind of our local churches as well. Uh, well, first of all, we've adopted an American business model that says if we're, we're not successful unless we're bigger, wow. um, more people. And uh, I, I don't subscribe to the thinking that bigger is always better, right. uh, and especially when it comes to churches. But even with the, the plans, uh, God had an overall structure that he wanted to build. Yeah. Um, now, Solomon didn't just turn a bunch of people loose and say, build this. Mm. He had specific people Good. on specific projects. Mm. So he had those who knew how to um, sculpt things in wood. Good. He knew those who had, knew how to work in, in metal wow. and those who knew how to work in fabric. And as each person or, or group did its part, Good, Tommy. then the overall picture was completed. Um, you think that sometimes we tend to um, maybe become general contractors wow. uh, as opposed to specialists when we're I- as far as, as the local church? Bro, that's good. Uh, you know, or, or subcontractors. Some of us like okay. – so, so for the example um, – <clears throat> You know, we ended up having our house built 13-plus years ago, and there was a general contractor who oversaw all the different processes in it. So they, they first they had the guy that came and cleared out all the trees. Uh, you got to know that he, he cleared out the trees because that was his specific grace right. and call anointing, if you will. He didn't necessarily have to see the finished product in order to do his job. And I think what That's ends good. up happening is that, okay, so then we go to – the guys who dug the foundation. So once the trees were cleared, then the foundation was, was in a sense carved out and then the footings were put in. Well, the guys who do footings, they have no idea what the final structure is gonna look like. <laughs> and, and yet they continue to do their job, trusting that the general contractor, if they did their job to the best of their ability out of their revelation, then, then it's gonna get put together. I think you're onto something in that Often we have people, they either come into church and they don't understand, they've not been given the overall plans that the general contractor has. They might have been given specific plans like at Temple, hey, I need you guys just to do the wood things. And um, my prayer is that we would grow in confidence that as each part does Does its part, that God and, and how God does things, he will cause all of that to come together in a way that even if we, we, we couldn't see it from our particular perspective. And so, you know, the general contractor is no better of a person than the guy who's digging footings right. or pouring footings. And, and, and often we find value in title. We find value in position. Mm-hmm. And like you said, then, oh, well, well, we're all general contractors. 
Well, if you're, if you're all general contractors who know who's a little bit, who's doing the electric? <laughs> yeah, who's doing electricity? Who's doing yeah. the sheetrock? Who's doing the painting? Who's doing the, the finish work? So, so again, I think God gives us natural pictures like we're talking about to communicate spiritual truths on, you know, one, we have to know which job site we've been called to. Yes. Uh, and um, that, that, you know, we're faithful with, the, with what we've been entrusted to do in light of, you know, that particular thing. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a very interesting thought. But I just know that according to Ephesians 4, it just says as each part does its part, the growth of the body is a byproduct oh, yes. of each person doing their part. Yeah, but the, the growth of the body is not the <laughs> it's not the goal. I Good. guess the equipping of the saints is the goal. Good. As so, it, it, it's almost semantics, but because then you get the idea that well, again, kind of like we talked about with temptation. If I'm growing, I must be doing something right. Wow. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, even corporate wise. Yeah. Bigger corporations are not necessarily better yep. corporations. Yep. Sometimes smaller corporations are actually doing things better, or better for employees, better for the environment, create better products. Good. Uh, but we kind of have this. So, so we've kind of gotten turned around a little bit, and and in thinking that growth, mm. numeric growth, is the goal, mm. when the goal really is the equipping of the saints, and a byproduct of that equipping. Will be the growth. Will be growth, and it may not even be numerical growth. It'll be spiritual growth. That's, we that's grow. Good, we grow in love, and I think just thinking about that, look at where we are. You know, body of Christ right now uh, is that. Uh, you know, could it be we've got big numbers, but we've lost love? Good. We yes. we cause could it be we've got you know all these things that seemingly are successful, and yet we've lost our ability to influence our culture. So I think God in His goodness and in his wisdom is allowing some of the things tying it way back to the beginning about temptation and pressure and wilderness you know i think the church in america is in a little bit of a wilderness time right now which is actually a beautiful time of opportunity of discovery have we built some idols have we have we made an idol out of growth have we made an idol out of how many followers have we made an idol out of things and i think that god is peeling back some foundational to to some foundational things but it's but anytime God does it, it's it, it, it is it's it's redemptive. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think we're in an exciting time. Um, let me just end with uh, coming around full circle. Um, I, I had a thought earlier about uh, kind of the, some of the challenges that we're facing as a church mm. in America right now with the uh, you know the the pandemic and and closing things down and and um, you know some people not being comfortable. Uh, you know. The early church, um, remember Jesus told them, wait in Jerusalem Good. until you receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, then, after that, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Um, historically, what happened was after they received the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, they stayed in Jerusalem. Wow. They didn't go. Huh. Uh, we can look back at and see what caused, but... The persecution of the early church is really what caused the spread of Christianity wow. outside of Jerusalem because Good. they had to flee Jerusalem because of persecution. Wow. Uh, so in that respect, again, not that God caused the persecution, but uh, kind of like I talked about nudging. Yep. You know, if you're not doing what God and God's promises have no expiration date, his promises Good. are true. Yep. And if, uh, if he said you will be my witnesses, then you're going to be his witnesses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he'll see you know, to it. He'll see to it, yes. Yeah. So 
Uh, I think in the same way, while some of this is uncomfortable for people, we may look at this and and not see mm. God's work yeah. in all this. I think, as you said, God knows what he's doing. Yeah. And even through all this, God is working for good. Yeah. Um, and God's purpose is in here somewhere, even though we don't see it right now. That's good. Um, we know that it's there. Yeah, one of the guys said in a prayer meeting this morning, I thought it was so good, and the idea that we need to stay up to date with all of the news media and all the things that are being said and latest stories and all that. Well, I need to be informed. And and uh, he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He says, no, God told him, he says, you need to tune into my channel uh, so that you can stay in tune beyond informed. And yeah, I think that's, that's really, we, we are in a time right now, Tommy, that I think that we have the responsibility, not only the opportunity, but the responsibility to get in tune with what the Spirit of God is doing and uh, we're not sticking our head in the sand. We're actually right. positioning our heart to hear from the Father so that we can see his kingdom come to bear in the midst of the mayhem. That's good. Not just the opportunity. We have the responsibility Amen. to do that. Good. Well, that's, uh, that about wraps it up for this week again. And uh, <laughs> time flies, although we've, we've kind of extended, now that we've gone to audio podcasts, we've yeah. kind of extended our time a little bit, uh, give people a little a little better glimpse into what's going on in the mind of Whitman. Yeah, I, you know what, in, in my heart, you know, Tommy, as we talked about this, as we set out feeling the nudge to, to even do this, you know, um, I, m our heart is is to not just to listen, but to kind of get a behind-the-scenes look at right. what God is doing here, what he has done here over the last 20 years, talking about some of these things that, that again, that we can uh, we can find some things that are that we communicate clearly that maybe resonate within the hearts of the listeners. And so yeah. certainly if they have questions, Sunday Mix Down at the church on 68com yeah. maybe some Q&A and some interaction. But uh, our prayer is that this will be encouraging, enlightening, e equipping for the, yes. for the listener. And uh, I really appreciate the time you've taken to help get it all set up. So well, thank you for that. Uh, I have a blast doing this. I, I'm, I'm one of the thinkers and processors, so I know when you're, when you're speaking on Sunday morning and you'll say something, I'll think, wait a minute. If that's true, then that means, and so that's why, you know, I take notes, I don't ask questions as much as just to get some clarification, do, do you really think that? Good. Because um, I know that I'm probably not the only one who thinks that, and people won't usually ask, they'll just yeah. assume, so. That's good. <laughs> I'll ask for them. Awesome. Well, so, I appreciate it. It's been great. Again, hope you have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week on Sunday Mixdown. Look forward to it. Take care.